Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you might be joining us. Welcome to the Purpose and Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly R. Jackson. Let's just get right into it. As we always do, it's Monday morning. It's time for our Monday morning discipleship podcast. And uh, as always, we like to come on and give you something that will supplement what you may have heard on Sunday morning. And so we're going to get back into our series. Uh, We've been in a new series for this year, Trusting God in Season and Out of Season. And uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into our thoughts on today. We we left off last week where we were talking about uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I told you we were going to go a little bit deeper into that uh, on this week and try to give you uh, some of the a little bit more background on, on what we read uh, in those verses, because we see a lot of uh, opposites going on in those verses in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses one uh, through eight. And I want to read that again for you uh, from uh, probably New Living Translation and New King James Version. Um, we're going to read those again uh, for you, but. Um, even as we shared last week, we talked about the heading in the Bible says everything has this time and there's a time for everything. And so when we go through all of these different things that, that are laid out in the text and what we shared with you on last week is that in all of these moments, we have to trust God because as we see in all of, all of the things that we're going to, we're going to look at today, there's, there are times when we're up and there are times where we're down. There's times where where things seem to be going well. There are times when we have to retreat and all of these different things. And, and there's some, some, I don't want to use the word controversy, but there's some things that it's kind of hard to wrap our minds around uh, when we look at, at, at all of the different things that are laid out in the text. And so we said, we we're going to get a little bit uh, deeper into that on this week and maybe even a little bit on next week. But most importantly, before I start reading, in all of these things, again, as I said, we have to trust God. And I want you to hear me clearly about, about some of these things that we see in the text on today. A lot of these things that you see where it's time to do this and the time to do that. I, I want you to remember that these things are initiated by the hand of God. It's not something that we do on our own and of our own volition and according to how we feel. These things are initiated and controlled by the hand of God. So what do I mean when I say that? Again, too often, y'all, we take God's business. Let me say it like this. We take God's business and put it into our hands. And so we decide when we're going to do what. And because we're saved or because we know a couple Bible verses or whatever, we'll swear that God is telling us to do X, Y, and Z. Right? And so there are times where God will move in certain situations and he'll push us into certain things, but we have to be ready to go when he says so, right? So we've got to trust him. And I'm going to explain why I'm, why I'm telling you all that in just a second, but let me read Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses one through eight. Again, I'm going to read it uh, from the new King James version. And then we're going to talk a, a little bit about some of these things um, and share some of our thoughts on that and some of the the the, the supporting scripture that, that we have with that. And then we'll be out the way on today. So let me read that from the New King James Version. To everything, verse one, to every to everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep 
and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. I want to read that for you very quickly, if you don't mind. Let me read it from the New Living Translation to bring a little bit more clarity to it before we have our, our discussion on today. First one, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Now, let me share some thoughts again. We're going to share a couple of uh, companion scriptures. Again, I'm going to deal with this this week and a little bit next week, and then we'll move out of um, this particular section. But in all of these things, y'all, as I said before we started reading, all of these things require us, you, me, those of us that are saved, children of God, we're supposed to wait for the divine hand of God. And there's a lot of things in here, y'all, if we're not careful, we will put our own timetable on what we think is time to do, how we think God is moving. And the, the only thing in here, and I'm going to tell you that all of these things in here, we really cannot control. We cannot control. God is in control. But again, as I said, because we're human, because we're arrogant, because we think that we know what's best all the time, because we think that we've got this divine connection with God that we could never get it wrong. And I can tell you right now, as a preacher of the gospel, I get it wrong sometimes. If you're listening to me and you're saved, you get it wrong sometimes, right? You think that you're, you're doing what God told you to do. And really that's not what he told you to do. And then let me tell you, let me say it like this before I get back into that explanation there. When you mature, when you mature in your relationship with God, You'll know when you're going against them. That doesn't mean you won't do it. Again, we're, we're, we're wrapped up in this flesh. It's not beyond us to rebel. But the maturity that comes with, with, with being in this, in this walk, this is what the world don't understand about us sometimes. You know, when they say things like, oh, that's Christian behavior, and we, we acting out, especially those of us that are mature in the faith, we know we ain't acting right. Let me tell you something. Re Reverend know when he's doing wrong. You know when you're doing wrong if you're saved. Doesn't mean that God doesn't extend grace, right? But still, we, we know, we know. And so, as I'm saying all of this, we, we tend to think, you know, I've got this hotline to God, and when I'm doing something, God is definitely in it, right? We, we, we tend to believe that because we prayed on it, right? And, and we talk to God. And really, sometimes, y'all, when we're praying, we're not talking to God as much as we're trying to talk God into some things. <laughs> Tell me I'm right, God. Tell me I want to do this, God. Tell me I'm right. You know, 
And, and, and so we, we think because we've talked to God about it, that when we do it, we're right. And we can say to people, I prayed on this, right? But how many of you under the sound of my voice, you can't answer me back right now, but how many of you under the sound of my voice have prayed on something and then got up and did what you wanted to do anyway? Yeah, I'm, I'm guilty. Many of you are guilty. But here's the thing, as we get back to the text on today, the one thing that we know that we can't really argue with God about, right? One thing that we try and, you know, we know we can't argue with God about it is this verse two, this time to born, time to be born and time to die thing. That's the one area in which we know, we know, we know he in charge of that, but all this other stuff, we insert ourselves and thus we fail to trust God with all of these things. Again, that time to be born and time to die. We know, we, we, we understand our limitations in that regard. Many of us will work out and stay in shape and all that other stuff, and that's good. But listen, there, there's some people who've been pretty in pretty good shape, and they wind up in the graveyard too because God makes a decision, right? So we look at this, this text here today, time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, Right? The New Living Translation says a time to plant it, a time to harvest. Whatever you put in the ground, whether it be in the physical sense, whether it be in the spiritual or metaphorical sense, because we always like to talk about our seeds in the ground, right? Metaphorically, I planted seeds for my business, my ministry, my relationship, uh, my family, whatever the seeds that you feel like you've planted into into the ground, they don't come to fruition. They don't come to harvest without a move of God. Just because you put it in the ground doesn't mean that what you expect to come up is coming up. This still requires a hand of God. And when you put that seed into the ground and let, let me deal with the actual seed, when you put that seed into the ground, right? And the dirt does its job because you need the dirt, right? And the water and the soil does its job and the sunlight does its job and all of those things. And then what you expected to come out of the ground comes out of the ground, right? And then on top of that, you got to pray that the buzzards, the buzzards don't come and the crows don't come and eat up your seed and all this other stuff. Again, I know some of y'all that sat up under some good sermons and you know what I'm talking about metaphorically. There's some buzzards and some crows in our lives. Amen. And so we put some things down. I'm trying not to preach right now. We put some things into the ground and where we got to pray that God keeps the crop. He keeps that, that thing that we planted so that we can harvest. But no matter what you put into the ground where that seed works with that soil and it works with the rain and it works with the water and it works with the sunlight, all of these things are a move of God. And so even as I put my seed into the ground and I say, I'm expecting a harvest, I'm trusting God to bring it to fruition. It's, it's not going to come by my might. God has to do something. We understand that the earth did this and, and all of the elements did this, but all of that is a move of God. And so even as I'm planting, I still have to trust God that everything is going to come to fruition. Now, when we look at the rest of these things, y'all, a, a time to kill and a time to heal. Now, again, y'all, we're living in a time, you think about this time to kill and time to heal and put that also with verse eight, a time, to, uh, a time of war and a time of peace. The Bible really is telling us that sometimes if you read your Bible, there were people that were killed 
under the orders of God. Heavy stuff. When you read your Bible, that there are times where God says, I want you to go. I want you to wipe those people out. Under the orders of God, people have gone to war. Now, let me explain this. Let me explain this, especially in the times that we're living in. In a country where we're living in, where people have gone to storm the capital. In the name of Jesus, some of them said, right? They were holding Bibles and crosses and things that said Jesus while they were walking inside the Capitol saying they were going to hang people and kill people. And so this goes back to what I said earlier, that everybody that says, even Jesus said, everybody that says, Lord, Lord, (laughs) they're not necessarily coming in his name. Everybody that says they're doing something because God told them to do it. That does not make it necessarily true because they know some Bible verses. The wars that we see today that people claim they're fighting in the name of religion are really about power and money. We understand that. If you don't understand that, you just learned something today. We're not really fighting any holy wars anymore. Right? This is about money and power. There were times in the Bible when you think about this scripture, because it's important when we look at scripture, we consider the times that they were living in. And too often, y'all, we fail that. We fail that test to say, okay, what is the context in which this statement was made in the Bible? So that we understand that that was true for that time, but it may not be true for this time. Again, there, there, there are no holy wars being fought, not here on this soil, not here in America. This is about power and it's about money. And, and so when this when it's time for war, God will tell us what to do in war, just like he did in the Bible. God has not orchestrated any holy wars on behalf of the United States of America. That's just where Reverend Jackson sees this thing. We're doing things because we want to do them. We're not trusting God. So let, let me give you one more thought here before I run out of time on today. If I were somebody who really and truly thought that evildoers had stolen an election in this country. I don't have the proper faith in God. If I don't think that God going to work that thing out without me storming the Capitol. Right. If you really trust God in season and out of season, because let me tell you something, Reverend Jackson had to trust God these last four years. I had to teach numerous Bible class. I've preached numerous sermons. I've talked to many people about that last administration. And I said, you've got to trust God in the middle of all of that. He will bring you through it. It ain't going to be pretty. Why it ain't going to be pretty? Because we bear some responsibility for that person being in the White House in the first place. So you have to deal with the consequences of your actions that time. And God will give us grace. But sometimes God, as he told the Apostle Paul, when he said, uh, Lord, I want you to remove the thorn from my flesh. God said, my grace is sufficient. And we've dealt with a sufficient grace God over the last four years. Listen, Lord, I want you to do something about the White House. You're going to have to endure it. And trust me on the other side of it. And so when we look at this text here, let me move back here. Now, I believe it was all in line with what we were sharing on today. We see all of this, a time to weep and a time to laugh. We talked to you all last week about a time to mourn, right? Told you one of the great challenges in Christianity is dealing 
with death, right? And a time, listen, now, now I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but this time to refrain from embracing and a time to embrace. Now, let me just keep it real with y'all. This is a, 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 this is really on an intimacy level, right? So, you know, a time for sexual embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, right? It really is on an intimacy level. There, there, there are times, and again, I, I got, you know, we you, do your research. There's a time if you go to, let me, let me give, let me give you some scripture very quickly. Um, I don't want to just tell you to do your research, but I want to point you to some scripture that supports um, what we're saying here. When I look in, in, in my Bible, first Corinthians seven and five deals, I'm going to deal with this very quickly. It deals with the husband and wife. And even though God has ordained sexual relations between the husband and wife, there's a time where God says that that for a moment you can refrain for a season. Now, it's between you and your husband and you and your wife as to what your reason it is for that refraining for a season. But it is to be a mutually agreed on thing. Like husband can't just deny his wife. Wife can't just deny her husband without y'all talking about it and coming to an agreement and saying we're going to refrain from this sexual, this thing between us for a season. I'll say it like this. Um, some couples will do that while they're fasting. They'll say, I don't, I don't want to do all of that while I'm fasting. I want to refrain from that. And so that, that was just a little, little side note there. We think about that time to embrace and time to refrain from embracing. And as you can see, Solomon covered all of this, all of these different times, all of these different seasons in our life. But but I, I want to deal with, with one more section here, and then the rest of it I'm going to pick up on next week. We look at verse 8, a time to love and a time to hate. I want y'all to understand something here. When the Bible talks about hating, it's not that hate that you and I are talking about, right? Um, the, 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 the Bible says that uh, uh, when it comes down to um, uh, Jacob and Esau, right, it said Isaac, uh, you know, uh, loved one and he hated the other. It doesn't mean that he hated him per se. It means I had, I put one above the other, right? So when the Bible speaks about hate, this is why it's so important y'all that people, people study their Bibles and study again, as I said earlier, the, the, when the statement was made, what it means, how these languages were translated in the Bible. So that we properly grasp, grasp this rather in our minds. So I'm, I'm going to look at a couple of verses here. Proverbs 13 and five. Let me read that. Let me pull that up in my Bible. Proverbs 13 and five. I wish y'all could see my desk here. Um, there's stuff all over the place. There's books and Bibles and carrying on. This, this, this is what I go through to try to make sure that uh, Monday morning discipleship is everything <laughs> that it needs to be. Um, and so I want y'all to know that I don't, you know, as my pastor would say, um, I don't make it up. I look it up. And so, um, you know, he always stresses to us. It's right there in your Bible. I ain't got to, I ain't got to make it up. I can look it up. Proverbs 13 and five says a righteous man hateth lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. A righteous man hateth lying, which simply means that he refrains from lying. He runs away from lying. That's all it means when it says he hates it. He resists it, right? He doesn't want to be a liar. A righteous man does not want that. But then I want to look at one more passage of scripture, and then we're going to get out of here on this one. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. Let me pull that up. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. And when you think about this love-hate thing, right? Jesus says this. 
Jesus says this, Luke chapter 14, verse 26. And I'm going to read it from the New King James Version and the New Living Translation because I want to make sure that you get it. New King James Version says it like this. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. New Living Translation says it like this. If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Is Jesus really telling you the same Jesus that says we have to love everybody? And that's how people will know that you are my disciples. Is Jesus really telling us to hate these people? Absolutely not. What Jesus is saying is that if you're really going to be my disciple, you can't put anything else above me. And by comparison, y'all, when we take on this life, sometimes we're rejected by family. All these people, they listed, right? Mother, father, wife, children. We're rejected by people that love us. Sometimes when we accept this call and we decide I'm going to be saved, I'm going to start living saved. Some people that have loved us for years will treat us like outcasts. They will ostracize us, right? And so what Jesus is saying here in these last two minutes that we got here, what Jesus is really saying is you can't put anybody above me. You can't put anybody ahead of me if you're going to be my disciple. And many times, y'all, people will fall short of their discipleship because they put the wishes of mankind ahead of what God has told them to do. How does that tie in to what we're talking about? If I'm going to trust God, if I'm going to be a disciple, if I'm going to be a learner and follower of Christ, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust that if I give up everything to follow him, if I even resist my own life, right, which is something that I preached about on Sunday when I talked about um, being unequally yoked and, and going back the way you came. And I said this, I said this in my sermon. I said, listen, I said, you've got to become uncomfortable with the familiar, meaning that old way of life that you had, you have to be uncomfortable with that. Right. And then, and then understand, as I said earlier, Understand that you still might do some things wrong, but at least you have the mind to know I'm in rebellion right now. But Jesus is saying here, you got to give up all that stuff. Take up your cross and follow me. But. Right. If you trust God, God knows how to keep those relationships intact, even the ones that get scarred and get shaken for a minute. God knows how to mend them. Let me read a little bit further here because he says it right here in this text and then I'm done. Again, Hebrew, uh, Hebrews, y'all forgive me. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. Again, if you want to be my, my disciple, you must by comparison, this is New Living Translation, by the way, hate everyone else, your father and your mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciples. Verse 27, though, he says, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Verse 28, I'm sorry, I got to read a little bit further. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who will begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. I'm going to stop right there. That went, I went through verse 30. I'm going to stop right there. But I got to trust God. 
If I'm going to take up my cross and follow him, I got to trust him. In season, which means when everything is fine and my family don't reject me, and out of season, when they say, we don't want you coming around here no more because you're a little too holy for us. I'm still going to trust them. And I'm going to trust them that he has, that he going to bring my, me and my family back together. They're going to come to a place where not only maybe they accept me for who I am, but maybe they, they decide to, to sit down with me and say, tell me about this thing that you're doing now. Cause I want to be a part. So again, y'all, we're going to pick it up on next week. I went a little over. That's all the time that we got for Monday morning discipleship. We're going to talk a little bit more about Ecclesiastes chapter three, cause there's some things that I wanted to get to, but I didn't get to time got away from me. I got caught up. <laughs> so we're going to talk about a few more things that are listed in there that need some explanation. So, so that we understand what, what, what the word of God saying here and all these different times. But, but uh, I'm going to go back to my initial point on today in all of those times, you got to trust God because all of these things come by the, 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 the move of God, by God moving his hand and us following the movement of God. So that's all the time that we got this week. I'm going to pick it up again on next week. Uh, we appreciate you all for checking us out. Let me give you the tag as we always do. If you'd like to keep up with us, check us out at the ministries website, www.krjministries.org. If you'd like to purchase any of our written works, go to the publishing website. That is www.krjpublishing.com. As always, we encourage you to like this podcast, uh, subscribe to it. If you have not done so, uh, share it with your friends and family. If you think it's been a blessing to you, that's all the time that we've got for Monday morning discipleship. I hope you all enjoyed what we had to share on today. Um, and we will see you. Um, hopefully uh, we'll see you if the Lord's will, we'll see you all next week. We're going to be right back here. Uh, I'm going to finish up in Ecclesiastes chapter three. So again, we appreciate you all for checking us out. We will see you all on next time. Be blessed.